Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your time to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier. And today, folks, we're going to be talking about, you know, some ways that superstar salespeople are successful, right? In Listen, you know, and avoid rejection because, look, you can't be a superstar salesperson and deal with a lot of rejection issues. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have any rejection issues because that's just not, I mean, that's just not, that doesn't make any fucking sense, right? Everybody deals with some sort of rejection. Now, the question is, how do you overcome that, that, that rejection? And this is a really big deal. I mean, people that have ADHD, Deal with this even even more so, and as you all know, I have ADHD, like a, a lot of you, because I, a lot of business owners and a lot of salespeople listen to this show, and now I know why, because you all can follow along with what, you know, when I skip around or I lose my train of thought or whatever that looks like. But look, really quick, we don't have, you know, we don't run ads for the show. We don't do any of that shit. So I would like for you to, I'd like for you to like the show. I'd like for you to share it with somebody that could get some value out of it. Post it in a sales Facebook group. Just help me get the word out, right? Um, we can help more people that way. And guess what? That's how I make more money. So a lot of salespeople absolutely loathe the word no. And the reason is because we are so terrified of hearing the word no when we ask for the money, right? When we ask for a big deal, or we ask for any deal, or hell, sometimes when we ask for anything that we really, really want, there is a possibility you're going to get some rejection. I mean, look, there's without a doubt, you're going to get rejection from somewhere. I mean, that that's all there is to it. There, you can't go through life without going through some sort of re- rejection. It's just all there is to it. And so, um, but you, here's what you want to think about, you know, as I mentioned, no is like the worst word in the world for a salesperson to hear. But I, I want to challenge that because I don't believe that. I don't buy that for a second. In fact, I, I believe that if you get a no up front, you're going to get a yes eventually. And here's how you position that. 
and I didn't come up with this, but I learned it from Chris Voss, which, you know, he is a total badass. So one of the things that I like that Chris Voss teaches is the power of getting a no, right? And you want to get a no. Would you be against coming on my podcast and sharing your no, Corey? I would not be against coming on your podcast and sharing my story. But here's what's fascinating to me about the no-oriented question, which is what I'm talking about here. And we cover this with in my sales CEO syndicate program. We cover, uh, you know, we, we cover this through objection handling and and then obviously through uh, the sales process using these no-oriented questions. And so another great question that I really like is, would it be a ridiculous idea for you to put me in touch with somebody in your company who does the marketing, right? Would it be a ridiculous idea for you to go ahead and run to the store and grab this thing that I need, wifey. Now, she knows at this point the no-oriented. So what happens if somebody knows the no-oriented question? Well, that means they're probably going to answer the question the way you ask it. Would it be a ridiculous idea if I smoked a cigar before I came in the house? Yeah, Corey, go ahead and smoke a cigar before you come in the house. Now, I want you to pay attention to how I answer that, right? I still got the answer I wanted, which was I could co and smoke a cigar in the house. But I answered it with, yes, You, I asked the question, would it be a ridiculous idea if I smoked a cigar before I went in the house? And the answer was, yes, you could smoke a cigar before you come in the house. But that wasn't the question. The question was, would it be a ridiculous idea for me to smoke a cigar? Before? Now, you might be thinking, Corey, why the hell would I want to know? Why would I get somebody to add, to say a no? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly why. There's First of all, there's multiple reasons. But the first reason is you're going to want to make sure that the other side, the other person, your counterpart, is not feeling uneasy. And the way you do that is by asking them a no-oriented question because it makes them feel at ease. It makes them feel like you're not cornering them into the question or to the answer. And so by saying, you know, would you be willing to purchase my sales CEO syndicate program? And I'm looking for a yes there, right? Would it be a ridiculous idea that you need help with sales training and I provide sales training? You should, would it be a ridiculous idea for you to join my sales CEO syndicate sales program? And it makes all the difference in the world when you ask a question that way. And I'll be honest, you're not going to expect a lot of rejection when it comes to this, right? Because you're diffusing the other side. You're making them feel comfortable. And that's the key here. You want the other side to feel comfortable with you. You want them, obviously, to know I can trust you. Uh, But, you know, at the end of the day, if they don't if they don't trust you and if they don't know you, if they don't you know, believe what you're saying, they're probably going to buy from you anyway. But by helping people feel a little bit more okay is the key. It's comfort, right? It's one of the keys to success. And one of the ways that I do that is I always feel, I always, um, I come across as, and call it a sales tactic, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't really care but it works, is I always seem to come across a little bit less okay than the person I'm talking to, especially if I'm trying to do business with them. You know, if I'm trying to get my product into their hand and my, or my training into their hand, then I'm, I, I, I will use whatever I need to use to make sure they get it in their hands because I know they're going to make probably minimally 5X the amount of money they invest with me. And so, yeah, of course I want them 
to do business with me because they're going to make five times the amount of money that they invest with me. That's a pretty fucking great return in a four, five, six month time span, depending on the project. So, you know, look, one of the things too, in addition to, to the no-oriented question, which I could go on for days about, um, and feeling a little less okay than your other person. And I'll just tell you a quick story that was told, I believe, in, in the class that I took. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a book I read. I'm not really sure where the hell I heard it, but it's not my story, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. So this is how the story goes. A lady goes into the bank and the bank had decided they weren't going to give this lady a loan. Right. And the lady had a feeling they weren't going to give her the loan. And so she was a little bit nervous going in, to be honest with you. She was nervous. So when she set her purse down on the banker's desk, this was 25 years ago, right? This is when decisions like this could be made, not, not 2000. But the, the lady goes in and, and the banker sits down and he, he's nervous because he didn't want to tell her that she's not getting the loan and, and she's anxious. And so she goes to reach. For something out of her purse and knocks her purse on the floor and knocks everything out of her purse. And this is what happened next. The banker got up from his desk, scurried around the desk, and quickly helped her pick up the items that fell out of her purse. And she said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You don't have to help. He's like, not a problem, ma'am. That is a-okay. I want you to be okay. It's okay. Not a problem. I don't mind helping. And in that moment, what happened was this. There was a shift. Now, the lady didn't do this on purpose, but you could do this on purpose, and it worked. And so feeling a, making somebody feel a little bit less okay, I'm sorry, making somebody feel like you're a little less okay, is what the lady did. By dropping her purse, she was discombobulated. She was, um, you know, clumsy. She was nervous. And it made the banker feel bad because the lady was less okay than him. And so he gave her the loan because he didn't want to give her the bad news. Now, isn't that some shit? So I'll tell you, you know, if you think about, you know, if you think about it, I'll, I'll try to draw a, a little parallel to this. Um, you know, when you're helping, when you, when you're feeling a little bit, think about it like this. If you need a haircut, if you, two years ago, COVID, when your hair was super long, mine wasn't because I, I have a hairdresser that travels in COVID, as you can imagine. My hair is slightly important. Um, anyway, so if you're in a room full of people and you're the only dude without, or, or woman without a haircut, you're the only person in the room that looks like shit, you know you look like shit. You know that everybody else in that room knows you look like shit. And so you're going to feel like shit and therefore act like The point here is this, is that that person... Um, it, let's just say that I'm sitting beside the person with the with the shabby shaggy haircut. I could say, you know, I, I don't know if this makes sense or not, but you could go, you know, you you could go in front of me in line if you'd like. You know, I I need a second to find something in my car, whatever you want to make up. Now I'm not just suggesting that you lie. The point is, is that you can make that person that all, uh, from the outside looking in looks not okay. They look less okay than everybody else. You can make them feel okay by feel by, by showing them that you're less okay, right? Here's a great example. Here's another example. I don't know if that one made sense, but I'm gonna give you one more. So if you're, you know, imagine that you're not using your phone and you're in an office and you're, you're getting ready to close a deal and you feel like it's going, it's starting to go sideways, right? And you say, well, listen, Mr. Customer, let me, just give me one second. I'm going to, I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some math here and see if I can come to a better number. And then you start scribbling the math and pen runs out of it. You're like, God, man, I can't, I'm like, I need, I, I, I'm just trying to crunch these numbers for, for you, Mr. Customer, but my, 
my, my pen ran out of ink and I, I really sorry. I, is there any way, is there any way that I could just, just borrow one of your, your pens while, while I crunch this math for you so I can get, get to that number that you're looking for. And if you notice, there was a lot that I said there. There's a lot that I did and there's tonality that you have to listen to, which is the voice inflection, right? The, 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 the tone of my voice going up or going down or going slow or going really fast, right? That's tonality. And Totality is about 38% of, of, of the communication model. Body language, 55%. And then the words we use, the 7%. So um, back to the rejection. So this is what I'm saying. Like if you go into a situation that you're intimidated by, then, or, or that you feel like you're intimidated. Let me, let me reverse that. If you go into a situation where you feel like you are intimidating, but for whatever reason, and you don't want to be, and it's putting off the wrong signal, then you can run out of ink or drop your purse or whatever, right? I wouldn't spill coffee on you. That might. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Be a little bit going overboard, but the point is, is that you want to make the person that you're doing business with, especially if you're intimidating them, you absolutely want them to feel like you're a little bit less okay than they are because it makes them feel good. And people, when they feel good, they make buying decisions. Um, and you got to get into this mindset, right? And I know the word mindset gets thrown away like fucking dirty underwear or whatever, whatever the saying goes. But, you know, you do really have to think about going into your cell. You got to first, you, the, the what best, one of the, also the best ways to, to avoid rejection is you want to visualize what that cell looks like. You want to visualize the conversation with your with, with your uh, prospect. You want to anticipate the. You want to anticipate the. Apologies, I got sidetracked. Um, you want to anticipate the conversation. You want to anticipate the objections. You want to anticipate all of the things in the conversation, so you can avoid rejection. And the only way that you can do that is by getting prepared and delivering great responses. Right? I mean, if you if you're not prepared. How can you expect to win? Really? I mean, that's ridiculous. And so don't get me wrong. I've showed up to very important appointments, not prepared. And I learned my lesson. I don't want to look like a dumbass. So I didn't do it again. Um, you know, and preparing great responses too is vital to this, to this, to your sales process. Um, and, and if you're a top performer, you know all this, right? I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but I think a lot of people are not, they're not top performers. They're not, they're not closers. They're not savages. And I am. And here's the thing. I'm a savage in showing you how to do it, right? I'm not going to sell your product or service for you, right? I'm just not. I'm, I work for myself. And, and the reason I work for myself is because doesn't matter why I love it. And that's all fucking matters. I don't really need. So, um, but here's the thing. Like if you're a top performer, then you are prepared and you do have great questions and you've done your homework on your customer and you know the things that he or she either likes or dislikes. And this is just common sense. Like these are the things that you, you should be doing. And 
I'll just give you a quick example. If you don't know how to find somebody, look them up on LinkedIn, for God's sakes. Look them up on Facebook. Look them up somewhere. Google their fucking name. But you got to figure out something, dude. Like, you got to think further than, you know, the tip of your nose. I don't know if that's really how that goes. But look, the other thing is, you know, people that avoid rejection, they create a lot of opportunities for themselves, right? So what do I mean by that? Think about this. If you've got, if you've got five people you've got to visit in a, in a month time span, five customers, you have five deals that you can close, five customers, and that's your average per month, right? What's the percentage of the, what's the chances of getting rejected those five times? Well, we don't know the sales cycle. We don't know the product or service. We don't know if a salesperson sucks, but let's just pretend all those things were lined up. Right. All those things were lined up. The customers, you know, liked everything and maybe the price was off. Right. Then guess what? And that happens. Right. It doesn't happen super, super often because you should know who you're selling to. And if you know who you're selling to, then there shouldn't be an issue with price because you'd be targeting the people that can afford your damn product or service. Unlike me, when I first rolled my sales CEO syndicate out, you know, we, we we thought we had the right lead magnet. And I'm just going to be honest with you. We, we just didn't. Um, we just didn't have the right lead magnet. I target, no, I target, I work with business owners primarily and their sales, but it starts with the business owner. It doesn't start with the salesperson necessarily. Now I work with companies, obviously in their sales teams. And then I also work with individuals and in helping them with their sales one-on-one. Um, and then I've got my sales CEO syndicate, so which is a group coaching program that I take everybody through my nine steps that, you know, that by the end of it, even if you do, if you've never had any sales experience at all, you're going to be a rock star. That's all there is to it. I mean, I guarantee that the program, I, I guarantee the price. In addition to I guarantee the price, I also give you a $500 bonus if you don't receive the things that I tell you you're going to receive through the program, right? Which you will because, well... I mean, it's a repeatable process. I don't really have to think about it. Um, you know, here's the other thing. You got to not take rejection personally. Just because somebody doesn't want to buy your product or service doesn't mean you're a dumbass or you're a retard or you're an asshole or that you suck at sales. Now, all those things could be the case, but most likely not. Most likely that's your own head trash talking. Most likely that's your, you, you against you, right? It's you saying, hey, dumbass, why did you forget to do this? thing or whatever. And so what happens when you talk to yourself like that? Well, uh, you know, you're certainly taking rejection personally at that moment, right? There's no question about that. You've taken that cell that, you know, this person just decided they didn't want to move forward, not for any reason that had to do with you, but maybe they just decided to go elsewhere, right? Maybe they just decided not to move on. Maybe they decided that, or maybe they got, you know, a bad call from their family, but they're not going to tell you that. So you got to stop taking your, you know, when people say no, or they don't do business with you, it, you got to stop taking it personally. Because the truth of the matter is it doesn't have shit to do with you. It has everything to do with them. And maybe it's that you didn't provide the value for them to make a decision. Now, that's certainly a possibility. Um, the other possibility is maybe you didn't. Um, you know, maybe you're, you just weren't right for that person. Maybe your product or service wasn't right for that person. Uh, who knows? Maybe you had dog shit on your foot when you walked in their house. Or maybe you, you know, um, hell, I don't know. It could be a million different. But at the end of the day, 
guess what, dude? Like people don't hate you. They probably don't even hate your company. Now, some people probably do. And depending on the company, I guess is what I should have said. I don't think anybody hates my company. I don't think. But if they do, they don't tell me about it. Um, anyway, so, you know, and you got to think about this. And, and Callie, my, my buddy Callie, um, who hosts ADHD Sales Legends, our other podcast, um, talks about this exact thing. He says, you know, the... The, the money is not the mission, but the money makes the mission possible. The money's not the mission, but the money makes the mission possible. And that's cool because most superstar salespeople are mission-oriented. They're mission-minded. There's a mission in, uh, in, their, in their focus, right? Their, their focus, it remains uh, on the mission, Right. Getting connected with influencers, decision makers, um, you know, and then qualifying and, and determining and validating the opportunity. Right. And then you got to figure out what the objections are. Right. I mean, and 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 so on. And look, your objections are not rejection. So you've got to sidestep that mindset because it's just not the case. It feels that way and it's always going to feel that way, but it's just not necessarily the case. And if you want to really know. If that's the case, why don't you ask the customer, Mr. Customer, did I, is it me? Did I say something that didn't sit right with you? Have I, have I said something that has upset you? What have I done to make you not move forward with this service product or service? You said that you were in love with it. So that makes me believe that maybe I did something. Please tell me what I did. Oh, no, Corey, you're good. You didn't do anything. You are, dude, you're the best salesman ever. Fantastic. Then why are we not moving forward? Well, you know, but Mr. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know if it's the right time, but you said if I got you to X price and we could do it at in the X number of time that you would move forward. And so I checked all those boxes. We we fit in all those numbers. We successfully gave you exactly what you asked for. Now, Mr. Customer, I got to ask you again, why are you not moving forward? Is it, you said it's not me. It's not the price. It's not the service or the product. Help me understand. I mean, I, I'm just trying to understand so I can get better. And look, I'm cool either way, but I'm just, I'm, it's just not really adding up for me. I don't really get it because you know, like I said, we checked all the boxes. I said, you said you like me. I like being doing business with you. I like you as a family. Da, da, da. Well, the truth of the matter, Corey, is we don't have the money. But I asked you how much you had budgeted for the project, and you told me $45,000. Well, yeah, but no, no, no. Remember, I said it's the first of this. We, at the end of this, we're going to make a decision. And that decision is going to be a yes or a no, because maybes waste my time and yours. I set the expectation. Now, look, you're not going to win them all, but if you do all those things that I just said, you're going to win that deal, right? You just are because they you paint them into a box or they paint themselves into a box by answering the powerful questions that you as the sales superstar is asking. And look, I mean, I, I think this is super important. And if you think it's not, this is, I mean, look, these are the habits top performers use. Everything that I've talked about today I use in my own life, everything I've talked about today, the people I work with wind up using it in their life and everything I've talked about today works. So, you know, take it or leave it. It's up to you. But, you know, if you want to get better in sales and stop taking 
fucking zeros and stop coming up short on the short list every single damn month, you're probably going to want to join this group. You're probably going to want to join my sales CEO syndicate. And, and look, if you're watching this, listening to it, you, you know how to get a hold of me. All of my information's on here. Hey, if you want to, go ahead and click and download my one-page Objection Crusher Cheat Sheet. Now, I will also put in here my one-page um, video follow-up cheat sheet. And so... And, and, and look, go download it, right? Use it. Please, dear God, use it because it's there for you. And so um, I don't normally give out two cheat sheets in on one show or one even ever. So I think this is really cool. Um, and I think you're going to get value out of this. And the reason I said the video follow-up is because I believe that video is one of the most important things that we all should be doing. And if you're good on video, you're going to be a great salesperson. If you suck ass on video, you're probably not going to be as good of a salesperson. But guess what? You join my group, I'm going to make you in to that sales legend. And so if you want to be a superstar salesperson, I can make that happen for you. All right, guys, it's been a good show. Make sure you follow our Facebook or, or join our Facebook group, Sales Legends. And if you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.